We are here for another episode of the Duval Mission Podcast. As always, we're joined by head coach John Galloway. Coach, how are we uh, doing on this uh, brisk Tuesday uh, afternoon in, in Jacksonville? Yeah, I can't say I drew it up this perfectly, but uh, today is our off day, and today's about one of the first days where it feels a little bit more like the Northeast. Not not quite as bad, but uh, yeah, you know, um, excited to have another week under our belts. I feel like now uh, about a almost two weeks in from the preseason, you start to get a buy for the team and 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 start to monitor their bodies and, and where we are as a as a as a program in terms of our development for February fifth. And um, fun as a staff to be able to take a step back right now and look at where we're at and. You know that we, we still have two and a half weeks to, to get a lot in. Yeah, and you kind of touched on it, and we're I think it's kind of going to be a tradition as we start this show. So, you know, we're two weeks in, we're kind of approaching the the midway point of the preseason. You know, so far, you know, how have things been? Are you are you on schedule? Are you on track? You know, what are some things you would like to continue to to see uh, as you guys go forward? Yeah, I think we have a lot of what we thought we could have in in this short period of time. You know, I do lean on the fortune that we are older as a program. So for a lot of these guys, it's it's not new. It's just kind of, uh, you know, a, I guess a regurgitation of some of the things we've done in the past with a few different uh, adjustments, which is which is positive. Um, but you still have that lack of execution in the preseason. And, and I think that's the, the the word we've been using the most the last three to five days is, you know, our energy has been great. The pace has been better, but our ability to execute and, and do it on a consistent basis. And uh, I think our upperclassmen are, are demanding more of the young guys. And you know, that's been really impressive just to listen to the voices of the guys on the sidelines and, and the player led coaching, but also the player led accountability. And I think that that's going to be a big piece of, of our, um, you know, our progress as we get into the spring, spring season. Yeah, it's great stuff. And, you know, last week we kind of touched on the fall. I think this week it would, it's a good opportunity to kind of look ahead to the spring and, and break down the schedule. So um, I guess we'll go through kind of week by week, game by game. So, you know, you start off January 29th, uh, home against Tampa for a scrimmage, um, kind of to kick off things. And then on the road for really three weeks, uh, Johns Hopkins, nine-time national champs, everyone knows about them. On February 5th, then you travel to Duke, uh, February 13th. Um, a unique opportunity two days later, um, February 15th against Mercer, a neutral site game in Savannah, Georgia. Then you return home for the 2022 home opener on February 19th versus Marquette. Um, following that the next week, a very unique weekend for the program heading out west, um, Saturday, Sunday at Denver and at Air Force. And then you return kickoff March, uh, March 6th versus Utah, the Jacksonville lacrosse classic. Um, obviously, everyone around the program that knows that's a a, a special day for, you know, the Jacksonville men's lacrosse program. Um, then two more road games, March 12th at Bellarmine, March 19th at UMass Lowell. You return home the 26th versus St. John's. And then you kick off April, uh, SoCon play, uh, you know, two tough games out of the, out of the, uh, the jump. You host High Point April 2nd, Richmond April 9th. And then you travel again for another Saturday, Sunday, doubleheader at VMI and at Hampton the weekend of April 16th and 17th before returning home for the regular season finale, um, April 23rd versus Mercer. Um, kind of looking ahead to postseason. Uh, it's May 5th and 7th being hosted at High Point, the SOCON tournament this year. So, you know, just a brief 
summary of the schedule for those that don't know. I know we kind of ran through that quick, but, um, you know, kind of just what were your overall thoughts and kind of what you and your staff were able to kind of piece together for the, the 2022 schedule? Yeah, I think you always start with the out-of-conference. That's that's always the biggest challenge, especially as a, a team who geographically is located in a unique place. And, you know, for us to be able to identify six different opponents in February was huge. I mean, this is the most amount of games we've ever had scheduled as a program. We have 15 games, um, you know, already slated. And then Tampa's our 16th with a scrimmage and then our scrimmage in the fall. So we're at the full allotment of 17 games and uh that's that's what the guys want that's what the guys need uh they we have again we are older so we have the experience to be able to play more games uh we also have a big roster so the opportunity to to get some more guys out there on the lacrosse field and give them a chance to prove themselves and um you know you look at the out of conference obviously february i mean that's six games in one month uh there's a stretch there where you're playing about five games in 18 days and uh that's going to prepare us it's going to prepare us for conference play the ability to play two games in one weekend uh the ability to play a lot of top 20 teams and, and ultimately prepare our players for what a competitive national schedule looks like. And that's what our recruits want. That's what our players want and the coaches want it as well. So uh, one of our core values is, is to be fearless. And, and, I, and I do believe our schedule, um, you know, I guess emulates that core value. So it's an exciting schedule. It, it starts, it kicks off, you know, on an historic homewood field against a a really talented top 20 team in Johns Hopkins. And I know our guys are eager to be the best version of themselves on February 5th. And, and that's important for us to keep in mind is uh, this finished product isn't going to be finished until May, but you know, we want to be the best version of ourselves come, come February 5th, which is gosh, only two and a half weeks away. Yeah. You kind of stole some of my thunder with the next one talking about being fearless. And, you know, we dropped that soundbite when we released the schedule that our creative team put together um, you know, being fearless and jumping out of the gate, you know, you open with Johns Hopkins who, you know, like I said, are a nine time national champs. And, and then you go to Duke who was just ranked, you know, third in the USA lacrosse preseason poll. And I think you have, you know, four, four teams that were ranked in that poll. So when you're piecing together the schedule, more of the non-conference, cause that's kind of what you can have control of. Is that something that you not demand of your schedule that you have those premier games, or is it just kind of how it goes or, you know, what's your, your initial thoughts when you're piecing together the non-conference slate? Yeah, I think a lot of people get caught up with the win loss record and, and, and that's the number that you look at at the end of the season. And, and I think there's, you know, in, in the NFL, that's true, you know, because you have a certain schedule and you play certain divisions consistently and uh, in, in college lacrosse, I think it, it really can be dependent on what you want to get out of it. And, and us as coaches have a lot more control than maybe some other sports. And um, what I love about our ability to schedule that way is, is first and foremost, we're preparing for our conference, which obviously is our best avenue to the NCAA tournament. And, and that's our goal and expectation. Um, but it also allows us to expose our guys to different areas of the world. Uh, there are going to be guys in our team who have never been to Boston before. So we're going to play UMass Lowell. And that's going to be a place where we started to have a little bit of some, some ties and recruit. Uh, Theo Costacos is currently on the team. We just signed a young man uh, on the 2022 class from the New England area. That's going to be really unique. Uh, and then you flip over to, you know, a game like Denver where we're going to go play two games in two days. And that's going to be harder than any sort of two games in three days scenario that we'll see in the Southern Conference tournament. So uh, trying to think about the scheduling as well as think about the level of competition and the, uh, the location. And it all plays a role into how we created this 2022 schedule. Yeah, and I kind of touched on it, you know, briefing through the schedule. You know, you have two weekends where it's back-to-back. You know, obviously, VMI and Hampton, those are SOCON games up in the Virginia uh, area. But I really wanted to highlight that West Coast trip. You know, you go to Denver, you go to Air Force. Um, I mean, 
it's a unique situation because there's so many different elements involved in it, you know, a cross country flight, you know, long travel days, you know, the altitude change, things like that. You know, what are some challenges that you could see um, that you and your team are going to have to battle through with that weekend? Yeah, I think for that weekend, it's all about the opportunity to play two high level teams and and to not have to think too much. You know, we're going to really rely on our training and that weekend, you're not going to over scout for a a team like Denver or a team like Air Force. And, um, you know, we're going to put our, you know, put, I I think put our work boots on a little bit on that weekend, you know, have the ability to maybe play a few extra guys and uh, just, you know, start to, to mess with some things in February that we know might be able to help us you know, apply themselves to, to late April and May. And, um, you know, I think our guys are going to be eager to be able to get out there. You know, Max Waldbaum's a guy who's from the Colorado area. I know he's eager to get it back out there and play some hometown teams. So it, it'll be a challenging weekend for sure, but it'll be challenging for Denver and Air Force as well. They they both are going to play uh, respectfully that Saturday and that Sunday. So uh, it's going to be an equal playing field. And it's just our ability to be able to handle some adversity once we get out there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a unique weekend, but, you know, you can look at it as a positive or negative. And I think, you know, spinning it towards the positive way, like you said, is great. So next, the big one, March 6th, the Jacksonville lacrosse classic, you know, if, if those that aren't aware of, you know, it originally was the most lacrosse classic. It started when the program was, you know, created. And, and I think it was originally at Everbank field was the name home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now it's TIA bank field. Um, it transitioned now to being on Jacksonville University's campus. Um, from your perspective, and, and it's obviously very important to you, and, and it's and it's obvious with that, and you you wanted to have that back, and and you've had it the last couple of years. You know, just kind of explain for those that don't know the meaning of having the national spotlight because it's going to be on CBS Sports Network this year. Um, you know, what does that do for a program like Jacksonville? Yeah, just to have a live TV game. It's a Sunday at six o'clock. So, you know, you hope that all eyes will be on that game as well. The ability to highlight our campus, obviously our facilities, uh, our team, as well as the, the, the team in Utah. Um, you know, it, it is, we are one of the mid-major programs in college lacrosse that maybe doesn't get the national exposure all the time of ESPN or ESPNU. And this is a chance for us to, to reach uh, I think it's something like 400 million homes and the ability to be able to be inside a lot of TVs of young kids who maybe only see the Dukes and the Hopkins and Syracuse's and Maryland's of the world. Well, now they're going to see Jacksonville in, in their living room and, and watch the brand of lacrosse that we play. So it is a big deal. It's also a big deal locally, you know, for, for the community, it's an opportunity to come out and watch a high level college lacrosse game. It's a Sunday night. So it doesn't interfere with Saturday high school lacrosse. And uh, you're going to see two teams that are, you know, non-geographical, you know, uh, hot bed areas um, that are showcasing the, the, the ability to make an impact in, in those areas. So uh, Jacksonville and Utah, I think, are both good examples of how fast lacrosse is growing. And we get to be a showcase of that Sunday, uh, you know, March 6th and, and, and hope that everybody in the Jacksonville community comes out to support. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a, like you said, you know, two programs that aren't necessarily in the uh, lacrosse hotbeds in America. So it's a great opportunity to, to get some awareness for the brand and things like that. Um, kind of a unique question here. It's a two-parter. What is one kind of game that you personally and your team have circled on the schedule? And what's maybe one kind of sneaky under the radar game that, you know, it might not pop off the paper to some people that people really need to pay attention to it. 
That's a great question. You know, obviously I, I would lean towards the, our first game, you know, playing at Homewood field. I've never had the opportunity to coach there. So as a coach, it's exciting. I had a chance to play there when I was in college, but it is an historic venue in, in our sport. I think for our guys, especially a lot of them from the Baltimore area, the opportunity to go back there and play and uh, the, the chance to, to really debut this team. I think everybody talks about their own teams, but it's our chance nationally to debut this version of Jacksonville Cross. I know we're excited about that. And, you know, when you start to talk about sneaky games, I, I think we have a handful of them, especially uh, in our conference. I don't people think people realize the opportunity that they'll have locally to come watch High Point and Richmond, two big-time conference games, uh, you know, early on in April. But uh, I, I would go back to the non-conference game. Um, you know, I think Marquette is a team that has always been uh, – since I've been here, kind of a rival, uh, we were able to get them last time out at their place. And and I know that people are excited about that one because it'll be our first home game, our first time on our new field at Rock Beach and uh, the opportunity to to hopefully play, a, you know, a Big East school like that and have a chance to find a way to, to, to get a win. I think will be a really exciting atmosphere in, in mid-February and an early season high stakes game here on our campus. Yeah, and, and Marquette's just one of several teams kind of on this schedule this year that you have experience playing in the last several years. Obviously, some teams with the the A Sun and the SoCon realignment, some teams kind of get shuffled around and things like that. So, you know, we're I think it's 18 days away now, and you know, just over a week and a half left before that scrimmage against Tampa. You know, not to look too far ahead and everything with that scrimmage, but you know, kind of what are some things that you guys are are looking for to get out of a scrimmage? You know, obviously, some staffs have different philosophies on how things should go with that but what are you emphasizing on January 19th at, at, I believe it's noon against Tampa yeah yeah you know I think the the ability to execute you know the ability to execute on the things that we've been able to put in on the first four weeks of preseason so we're preparing for that first game against Hopkins uh, you know understanding the flow of a game you know I think that it's hard to emulate uh, an actual game in practice, especially four quarters. We're actually going to play five quarters on the 29th where, uh, you know, we're going to be able to get some more guys in uh, and, and the ability to be the best condition team. You know, I think that that's something you just, again, can't simulate when you're at practice. And now we're going to see how our guys play in the fourth quarter versus the first quarter and, and how fatigue affects our decision-making, how fatigue affects our toughness, um, you know, and, and now leaning back on those four core values, you know, how fearless are we, how fearless are we in a game against Tampa where they have, gosh, if you look at their roster, I mean, they have division one transfers from across the country. Uh, it's going to be just as good as a division one game. So uh, that game is always a very heated rivalry. I think that those guys come in excited to play us and, uh, you know, we, we get to play on our home turf for the first time again in 2022. So, uh, you know, college lacrosse guys don't play a lot of games in their career. So scrimmages are just as meaningful. And I know that our locker room is excited about welcoming those guys to campus. Yeah, it's a, it's going to be a great day. I think it's a good opportunity for those to kind of come out and see the Dolphins for the first time before you guys hit the road for a while. So on more of a off the field question here, coach, I, uh, if, if people don't know, you're a huge Buffalo Bills fan, huge Bills fan. I think that was the first question you asked me when we first met on Zoom was if I was a Bills fan, because I was living in Buffalo at the time. Last Saturday night against the Patriots, that was just, I mean, that was a butt kicking. So kind of preview this uh, this weekend against the Chiefs. You know, what are you, uh, what's Coach Galloway uh, texting Coach McDermott, McDermott right now uh, previewing this weekend? 
uh, you know, Jordan, you and I should have our own podcast just to talk about the bills. Cause I could go all day on this, but, uh, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a huge point of pride. The guys know it, you know, I got my bills land here down at every practice. And, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was a really cool weekend this past weekend. I have a few buddies in the coaching world that are our Pats, co- our Pats fans. So it was enjoyable for me to, to send some notes out after that game. But, um, you know, this weekend, you know, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a 12 round fight, you know, two of the best players in the NFL right now. I know I'm eager to watch it. I'm I'm eager to, I I always love watching and listening to the press conferences throughout the week, how those coaches approach moments like this. And just like anything else, it it also is a learning tool for me, you know, and we've, we've stolen a lot of concepts from the bills who were maybe a program that didn't win a ton of games to are now winning a lot of games and, and how they're handling those expectations. And that's something that we want to be, uh, as well, we want to try to, you know, create here in Jacksonville. So although I'm a diehard Bills fan, I always will be. I'm also, you know, a, a student of how these coaches do things and, and looking forward to to watching that that game and hopefully being in a really, really good mood Monday at practice or uh, maybe adding some conditioning in. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I'm hoping uh, for our sake, a week from today, we're talking about we're doing an AFC championship preview. And uh, instead of looking back and being sad. And and I saw, you know, after the game on Saturday, I think the Bills have now beat the Patriots more in the last two years than they did in the 20, 20 years previous with Tom Brady. So that's got to be a great feeling for you. It was a tough childhood, Jordan. There's no doubt about that. But <laughs> adulthood is treating me a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, my background's not much better. Cleveland sports isn't isn't the uh, the uh, success. It's not, not uh, producing success either. So uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Duval Mission Podcast. As always, we appreciate you for listening. Be sure to subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get that. And uh, we'll see you next week. I appreciate it, Jordan. Have a great one.